and welcome to this edition of EMS Now Up Close. I am Eric Miskell with EMS Now. And today I get to speak with uh, Francois Monet. He is the one of the co-founders and the chief sales and marketing officer with Kajiscan. Um, Francois, it's been a while since we spoke, and so I look forward to the opportunity to get caught up on, on some things going on. Um, but, you know, it struck me in, in getting ready for this that you founded Kajiscan in 1999, you know, before Industry 4.0 became this big thing and all these things going on. So my question really is, kind of what is it that you and your other two co-founders, uh, Vincent and Andre, kind of saw in the market that motivated you or compelled you to to, to begin this company? Sure. Well, the, the common thread, uh, Eric, is that uh, Andre, Vincent, and I were all working as manufacturing engineers for IBM at the beginning of our careers. And uh, you remember, at, in those days, IBM was really much at the forefront of manufacturing technology and digital technology, for that matter, you know, making the, the biggest and best computers in the world and using that technology to improve their own uh, manufacturing efficiency. So we were, I guess, uh, exposed to that kind of uh, thinking early on. And then we still saw a lot of opportunities for 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 improving that. Right later on, my career uh, before, when we started uh, actually uh, Kajiscan, I was working for Universal Instruments, um, and and there we could see that you know different machine brands and models have different protocols to communicate. You know, uh, it's very hard to put it all together and to really achieve what we want to achieve. You know, I mean, from the computer side, from the IT side, you know what data you want, but it's not easy to get that data. <laughs> you know, in a way that's uh, accurate and, and so on. So we've been kind of starting from that point on and trying to uh, connect to the shop floor to get the, the data, the accurate uh, and, and real-time data to be able to, to analyze that and, and improve operations. And, and that's a very basic thing that we were trying to do in 1999 and we're still basically trying to do today, right? So not, and not that much. <laughs> and in 1999, there were probably no APIs, were there? Correct, or very few, right? And 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 you know, fast track now to uh, to to uh, twenty five years later, and there's still no widely accepted industry standards, even though there are many attempts to try to do that. And mm -hmm. um, you know, and things have improved overall, but uh, still from from far from where we should be, I guess, as an industry, and uh, not just in electronics manufacturing and manufacturing in general. I think there's still a lot of uh, room for improvement. Yeah, no, very good. That's anyway. I mean, kudos to you. That just it jumped out at me in in preparing for this today. And I, uh, we've never spoken about that, so I'm just a little curious. So thank yeah. you for your response. No problem. You know, the one thing we did, we missed it. We didn't come up with the term industry 4.0 by ourselves, or <laughs> we were calling our our product a smart material control back then, which is kind of close to smart manufacturing. So yeah. So we have you to thank for all that. Thank you. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we should talk to your marketing department, have them yes. <laughs> leverage that. Listen, what I wanted to talk, you know, there's a lot of pressure on EMS companies these days, mm -hmm. and for a variety of reasons. And so I wanted to kind of ask you kind of what you're seeing and uh, if there's anything in particular that you're seeing from the CoachesCan perspective and that you're kind of helping customers with. Sure. Uh, well, there, there's a continuing pressure, you know, uh, and pressure comes from the ultimately the OEMs, right? The, the the big companies like Apple, Tesla, and these companies and Cisco who ask contract manufacturers, you know, how they want things to be built and what kind of data they want to go with the product that, that are being built. So traceability has been an, an increasing, uh, you know, uh, 
requirement for years and years uh, that that keeps on going. So the more data, more traceability data required with each product that's being built for sure, for, for different reasons. Um, but now also what we've seen recently is a twist in trying to get into more of the efficiency side of, of, of the operational data. And, and why that is, 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 is primarily because of this, uh, all this push towards a sustainable or green manufacturing, right? So the OEMs have their own targets that they want to be carbon neutral or whatever that is. And they're, they're pushing that, 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 that requirement to their contract manufacturers, right? So they say, okay, not only do I want to know how you build my product, I also want to know how efficiently you're building my product, right? So that comes with a whole new set of requirements and that's driving in our case, actually, a lot of business for uh, because because you know tr trying to improve uh, uh, you know sustainability uh, you know if you go back to the factory floor what what, what does that entail? It, it's essentially uh, trying to get squeeze more good product out of your assets. You know uh, you cannot really reduce electricity or the, uh, uh, the you know the, the 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 environment in your factories, but what you can do is try to get more out of existing assets, right? So how do you how do you squeeze out more efficiency? Well, uh, unless you strip and start over again, which is not necessarily a good thing from a sustainable point of view. Uh, using digital technology to more precisely um, measure what's going on, right, and and uh, to know at, at all times where you're losing potentially, where where you're wasting uh, different things like. Uh, wasting time, wasting uh, materials, uh, wasting energy, right? Because you're not producing 100% efficiently. So, uh, and so it, it comes down to connected assets, connected production, right? Mm -hmm. Connect to your assets, measure how well they're doing, and then try to identify where the, this waste is coming from, what allows you to continuously improve and, and really be able to, uh, to achieve those types of, uh, of challenges. So this is this is what we're saying. That's kind of new of the last year or two. I would say we didn't see that before. Um, so yeah, and you know that's interesting. When I think about about Kojuskin, what they do, I see is kind of you know that as you say, collecting the data, right? Mm -hmm. First connect, as as the tagline used to be, but first connect, and kind of helping to make sense of that data, and then trying mm -hmm. to share that some relevant way to take action. And it's really that making sense of the data that's the key to it right to, to kind of the, so you must have you know your analytics your advanced analytics in there that are taking all of this large amounts of data from variable machines mm -hmm. and trying to improve operations can can you speak to that kind of the analytics side of it sure sure i mean analytics is a, is a wide spectrum of things right uh, we can start from very basics to very advanced and of course the more advanced involve things like ai and machine learning and so on and that's all exciting and we love to talk about that kind of stuff, but most manufacturers are nowhere near that yet, right? They're still at the point where they're trying to connect to the different machines. They're trying to calculate basic KPIs. If you think about it, uh, you know, uh, just one or two meaningful KPIs like OEE, for example, you know, measures all aspects of efficiency, you know, your, 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 your um, productivity, your performance, your quality, it's all rolled into that one KPI. So you don't need necessarily a hundred different measurements. You need a couple of important KPIs to assess how you're doing in terms of uh, using your assets, using your, your production uh, efficiently. And, uh, and if you can take that, you know, and, and again, even if you look at an SMT line, you know, we all know that you know the bottleneck typically would be the pick and place in terms of output anyways right um so if you only uh, start with just connecting to your pick and place and you know do that on a larger scale to be able to measure 
your pick and place across multiple lines, multiple products, multiple shifts, for example, already you're starting to have a pretty interesting picture. And you, if you can take that data starting with the OEE, and let's say one day you say, okay, on average, I'm running at you know 50%, whatever the number is. And if I go below 45%, I would like to have a, some kind of a warning, right? That, oh, I'm going in the wrong direction. And once you get that warning, then you can drill down, okay, which line is, is actually, not, not all the lines are running at exactly the same level, but maybe there's some lines that are really doing bad right now, where, which lines are those? And then drill down to that line and find out which machines is causing that. And once you get to that single machine, then drill down to which parameter in that machine, again, using the example of a pick and place, is it, uh, I mean, the, the light is, you know, sometimes the, the light is green. You, you think everything is going great, right? The, the, there's boards coming out of the machine, but maybe there's a feeder that's uh, currently uh, not uh, adjusted properly. That's throwing parts in the bin, you know, at the rate that, that, that makes no sense. You're wasting a lot of money, materials and, and time and efficiency, but it doesn't even show unless you can actually get that data from the machine and display it, you know, in the, in the right way. So it could be as simple as that, right? You say, okay, I'm looking at one KPI, it's OE, just on pick and place. And as soon as something's wrong, I'm going to get a, a warning and I'm going to be able to, within a couple of clicks, identify this specific feeder needs to go to maintenance right now, right? Mm -hmm. Or that nozzle on that head on that spindle requires maintenance, for example. So this is a type of thing that's fairly easy to do nowadays, right? And we can do that. And we've been doing this for quite a few years, uh, but we need to do it on a broader scale now. So we have manufacturers who not only want to do that on the, on the individual factories, but they want to do that at the global level, right? So they run 25 factories. They want to, somebody wants to be in his office somewhere and look at all the factories around the world, how they're running and be able to identify, um, you know, what's going, what's going on and what can be improved. So this, this is exactly the kind of discussions we're having right now with our customers. Okay. And just out of curiosity, I mean, you said that, it's not so widely adopted, but do you see it most relevant in particular sectors? I'm thinking kind of the regulated industries. Are they further ahead that, you know, the the auto, aeronautics, medical, right? Those kind yes. of more so than some of the other more consumer, I hate to call it throwaway electronics, but you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing that automotive is definitely a very strong uh, driver for that. And uh, as, as many of these trends, Europe is, is probably also... Uh, in the leading seat for that, you know, so European automotive companies are putting a lot of pressure on their supply chain to uh, to improve efficiency, to achieve sustainable manufacturing. But that's, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, uh, another big customer of ours is producing solar panels, right? So it's in their core mindset is to uh, be sustainable and, and encourage those kinds of technologies. So um, in this case, they're actually, you know, buying the cottage can technology and implementing that at their contract manufacturers because they want to be able to, you know, they're dealing with uh, a big supply chain with some of the tier one EMS, but more than one EMS. So they need to have the same system in every factory, whether it's their own factories or, or, or EMS number one or EMS number two. They want to be able to get the same data from all these different factories and bring that back into a global dashboard so they can really measure, control and improve their overall supply chain. So that's mm -hmm. the kind of thing we're seeing now that we didn't see a few years ago as well. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, I think about the, and within those sectors specifically, for the data, there's kind of a short term and a longer term kind of a purpose, right? There's the, as you've been indicating on the line of things are going wrong, how to adjust and fix it on, 
Then there's also the longer term for the traceability aspect, right? That you have yeah. medical, if something goes wrong down the street, they want to come back and be able to pull all those products. So kind of speak to the to that a bit, if you would. Yeah, that's a very good point. Actually, Andy, and these things are very closely interrelated, right? When we implement a system for traceability, we implement the same connectivity to the machines, right? It's just that uh, we're tracking which component lots were placed onto which board serial number, for example, or... Uh, you know, which solder paste uh, batch was used on that screen printer when that board was produced, those kinds of things. And you can go to process, you know, uh, which mm -hmm. temperature, which speed was uh, used on, 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 on this equipment and so on. But the same connectivity also allows you to calculate the KPIs and, and bring out those global dashboards I was talking about, right? So mm -hmm. ideally, once you're connected to, to, to an asset, you, you want to do these different things. And so we're talking about, uh, you know, traceability, we're talking about uh, API and dashboards and, you know, productivity measurements, but also things like uh, material control, uh, machine control, error proofing, you know, I mean, uh, it's nice to know when you're uh, having some issues, but you're trying to pre still prevent that as much as possible through automation, right? So all of that is essentially, we're talking to the same machines when using the same kind of uh, software. Uh, so. That's how, that's how actually our product has evolved over the years. You know, when we initially connected to the machines, it was primarily for material control reasons to know how many parts have been consumed by pick mm -hmm. and place. And then it evolved to traceability and now it's evolved to uh, global KPIs and dashboards. So uh, uh, this is how basically the same connector has, has just evolved to gather more data to serve more purposes. But uh, you can have the same architecture or the same software doing all these different things at the same time. Actually, you, you want that, right? Mm -hmm. So you know you mentioned there that the uh, that OEMs the applying the pressure to to, to the contract manufacturers mm -hmm. in this case is this these processes really just become a table stakes for manufacturers today? Then it's just well, required by by the OEMs. For sure, yeah. I mean, uh, depending which again which sector, uh, which type of customers they serve, right? If it's consumer, like you said, maybe not as much as if they're doing automotive or medical or. And so, but uh, let's take the automotive, for example, because it's a very big sector in terms of volume, right? Mm -hmm. And then also very high reliability at the same time. So uh, anybody who wants to be in the automotive industry uh, has to have uh, really sophisticated traceability systems in place today. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, some are even buying the traceability system as part of their marketing effort to try to gain new automotive customers, right? So it's kind of, I think, build it and they will come because... Uh, if, if a customer comes in and say, well, I need traceability, you don't have it, say, oh, give me the contract and I'll buy it. Well, this one already has it, right? So I'll go to this one instead. So, but again, this is this is kind of what we were seeing in the past few years. Now we're seeing uh, more than that. It's not just traceability. I also want to know about your efficiency, okay? So, and not only that, I want to know your efficiency, how you calculate it. I want to personally put in my own system. I'm going to calculate it myself, right? Because I want to be able to compare apples with apples. So in a few short years, it's really uh, it's gone up to uh, different scales of, uh, of data requirements. Uh, driven that's, these, these, these yeah, that's interesting. So you're seeing OEMs who are actually specifying, you know, maybe the Kajuskan uh, solution to their CM. Would they pay for that too then? Or did, in some that... cases, yes, that's exactly, that's the difference. In the past, they were basically, they would say, okay, these are my traceability requirements. Here's a specification, right? This is the data that I need. And it's your job to figure out how to do it. And by the way, I'm not paying for it. I'm telling you, this is what I need. It comes together with my business. But now it's more than that. It's okay, 
oh, this is what I want. And by the way, I'm going to pay for it. And somebody will come in and install this and I have access. To, I have full access to the data. It's my data, right? Even though you're building my boards, this is my product and I want to know everything about it. So there's no in between. There's no filtering of the data. There's no... Uh, and, and also, again, if you have different systems, they're measuring things in different ways. It's hard to do comparisons, you know, from one company to another. Let's say you're yeah. building the same product around the world on in five different factories with three different companies. How do you know, you know, how they're doing, relatively speaking, unless you're using the same system to measure everything? Yeah. In, in a case like that, that's where the OEM is actually saying, okay, I'm going to pay yeah. for this. Yes, and... And, you know, the EMS basically has, has not really uh, any alternative than to implement it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's interesting because, you know, I've spoken to some equipment manufacturers as an example who, you know, they do, they have programs for their equipment. So say it's AOI, SPI, those machines on the line to, to communicate with each other. And in some cases, they can communicate to, to some of the other equipment on the SMT line, but on a limited basis. Yep. Whereas what you're doing is providing it kind of from beginning to end there, all of them, as long as they, you can get an API on the machine, you can you can connect it through Scan. Right. I mean, that was always our mindset is we don't want to, to force uh, every company to use, let's say, only Scan technology. That, that makes no sense, right? I mean, no matter how big and successful you are, you cannot fulfill all the needs of all customers, especially when it comes to software, right? So mm -hmm. our idea has always been, right, to be open and open architecture and people can pick and choose what they need from us and what they need from other vendors, right? So we've never seen ourselves as competing with other software vendors. We're part of an ecosystem, right? Where we're very, very strong is the machine connectivity part. And when we do machine connectivity, we're not, we're not trying to say, okay, this is our data now, only us can do something with it. No, we open it up to anybody that needs it, right? So, of course, we're going to use it if we, if we do traceability, if we do dashboards, we're going to access our the data we generate from the machines or, or we collect from the machines. But once it's there, the data is available to any other system, right? Because uh, people will have an ERP that cares about material quantity and whip and stuff like that. They'll have MES that care about things like that. PLMs, you know, there's all kinds of systems out there that... Uh, we also require access to the machine data. So we're trying to do it in a way that uh, it enables an ecosystem for, for our customers to, to, to pick and choose different pieces of software from different vendors and make it all work. Because see, one of the issues that's very simple, but technical roadblock right now, some machines have only one port available to connect to it, right? And mm -hmm. uh, today, so if one MES is connected to that port, nobody else can access the data, right? So. That, that's always been actually a roadblock for, for, for you know, wide range digitalization. So you have to pick only one vendor, one software vendor that's going to do everything, or you have to decide which software needs the data uh, or, or integrate complex software systems together, right? That makes no sense. So this is why we design Connect to be multi-tenant, if you want. So in other words, once the data is, is collected, it's made available to multiple hosts right away and, and, and potentially in different formats. I say this host likes to speak uh, uh, CFX and this, like, this other host likes uh, GEM. Doesn't matter, right? I mean, we support all of them and we can support multiple at the same time. So this is a, this is a big element of uh, the magic uh, sauce of uh, how we do things and how we enable our customers to really, uh, you know, perform uh, more, more and more functions more, more easily. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's what always struck me about your solution was kind of that that modular, flexible kind of platform that that it is, right? That, like you say, you can 
you can choose to use or, you know, edit different ways. And it strikes me too, just, you know, to go back to the OEMs that we were just talking about, you know, where you're saying that they're implementing it so they can watch their manufacturing at potentially multiple CMs around the globe, right? And see what's happening. And that really allows kind of a a much more kind of a sharing of best practices, I'd imagine, uh, to benefit their efficiencies. Exactly. So within the same company, let's say if, if it's a contract manufacturer that says, okay, I want to connect all my factories, I want mm-hmm. to measure all my machines on all my lines and all my factories. Then obviously within the same company, they will want to share best practices. How come this factory in Malaysia is so much better at this specific KPI, right? What's mm-hmm. their what's their secret? And once we identify that, share that best practice with other factories. So everybody elevates at the same time, right? It's not a yep. question of competing against each other and showing who's best or no. It's a, it's about sharing uh, best practices and, and having access to real data, real meaningful data, so everybody can improve more faster and better. Yeah. So it, I began the interview by asking you about when you started in 1999. So I feel, compa- you know, you started on a journey towards factory of the future. Your 25 years is a nice chunk of a lifetime here. Yeah. Uh, how do you see us on that journey towards that factory? Are, are we getting closer? Or are we? Uh, how much further do we go? Yeah, we're, we're getting closer. It's it's always taking more time than uh, what I was expecting, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good news, it's uh, it's job security, right? I think in the next 25 years, we're going to get back together in an interview and I'm going to tell you, okay, we're about halfway there. But there's always, at the same time, there's always new technology, right? So it's, it's, it's a never-ending quest, I guess, to try to uh, improve yeah. manufacturing efficiency, improve the quality, reduce cost, using new technologies that become available, applying those technologies into our world. So, yeah, uh, yeah so that keeps things interesting. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, let me end by asking people who see this and are interested in learning more about Kojiscan. Uh, we're in the throes of the uh, show season here in the fall. Uh, where can people go to uh, to meet with you, see your uh, solutions and engage? Sure. Well, over the next couple of months, we'll be at Productronica, for sure, in Munich. And then there's Apex uh, in Hanaheim, back to Hanaheim this year. So depending where people are based in the Americas, Europe, or somewhere else, those are two uh, good places to come and see us. And of course, we're only a phone call away. If, uh, if, if exactly right. Good, good, good. Yeah, and you're easy to find on LinkedIn. So that's always right. tell people, always begin there. So uh, Francois, this has been excellent. Thank you very much. I, I feel like I understand it a, a lot better than I did, you know, when we began the interview 20 minutes ago. So that's a success. So um, good. Well, thank you to you. Hopefully I wish you success at the shows and I look forward to catching up again in the future. Thank you very much, Eric. Nice talking to you. Thank you, sir.